Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 118 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at the excuses people give for why they don't get an EV, and why most of them boil down to, I just like petrol cars. This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. Before we start, I wanted to ask if there are any particular topics you'd like me to cover next season. I'm starting to build up a list of subjects and guests, but obviously if there's anything you want to discuss, let me know, evmusings at gmail.com. Our main topic of discussion today is around people who say, I want an EV, but... Let me set the situation, and I'm sure you've heard all of this or something similar along the way. Somebody says to you, an EV won't work for me. I need longer range, 500 miles minimum, and the ability to tow a five-ton trailer, and I need to seat five people, three with a baby seat, and have a great Dane dog who comes with me on every journey, so I need somewhere for her to sit in the back with her kennel and a £150 bag of food. Or, they're just too expensive, and I need one that's under £500, because nobody buys expensive cars anymore. It's something you hear a lot, but how accurate is it? Well, let me start by saying that, at the moment, there are lots and lots of people for whom an EV would not work. There are people who literally run around in £10 baggers and put £10 of petrol per week because that's all they can afford. There are people who do lots of long-distance travelling across the country with a trailer or a caravan. There are people who have large families and small budgets who need a seven- or eight-seat vehicle. At the moment, the EV market will have trouble catering for people who fit into these groups. EV towing is not as good as ice towing. Seven and eight seater EVs are few and far between, as are estate EVs. But that doesn't mean there's absolutely no way anyone can afford an EV in today's situation. Recent figures have been released which indicate that one in four new cars bought in December 2021 were electric, and that's a huge uptake in a relatively short period of time. So obviously some of these cars must be right for some people. Furthermore, a recent survey of new car buyers in Ireland threw up an interesting finding. Analysis of the sales figures and the 284 car models bought showed that more than 63,000 buyers spent at least €28,000, which would have got them a new EV. That's approximately 60% of purchasers who could have afforded at least two of the EV models on the Irish market, while 38% had a budget that would have stretched to 10 of the EV models. Price, in that case, was not an issue. I was working recently with a small group of people and we got onto the subject of electric cars. Uh, regular listeners will sense a theme here. Uh, one of the guys said he thought EVs were too expensive and I asked him what he was basing that on. And he said he was paying £120 a month on a loan for his current car and there wasn't an EV available for anywhere near that amount. Well, he's quite right, but he's also wrong. Now, I fired up the EV price comparison website, uh, evtoolkit.co.uk, and asked him a few questions, entering the results into the form. And when we factored in the mileage he was doing, the cost of the petrol, road tax and servicing, we worked, he was actually, we worked out he was actually spending over £500 per month for the car that was only costing him £120 a month. And in a delicious twist of irony, he'd had to get a lift to work that day because uh, the clutch had gone on his car and it was going to cost him £700 to fix. My own nephew is currently running around in the car that I had before I got my EV, a Honda Civic. He's 20 years old, the car's 16. Again, I did the calculations for him and it turns out that the free car that I gave him that he paid nothing for it's costing him £1,500 per year in vehicle excise duty, petrol and servicing. As a poor student, numbers like this are very important to him, especially when I showed him a lease deal on a VW E-Up at £5 per day. In the big scheme of things, £5 per day is an expensive coffee or two on one of the well-known chains, and it's an excellent deal, especially as most of the EV management of that car is done through a separate phone app, 
something he knows how to do very well as a 20-year-old. Want a third example? Let's look at James Coates. Now, you remember James from his appearance on the podcast in episode 107, the EV servicing episode. In there, we talked about his brand new estate car. Obviously, this this is my company, but it's also other people's company as well. So I, I had to sit down and, and say to them, right, I want to buy one of these. And, you know, this is the reason for it. This is the business model. This mm. this will help. It will do this. Um, and everybody went, OK, yeah, <laughs> get one of those. So, um, you know, we've, we've all got to agree. It's not just my decision. Sure. Um, but having the MG is a lot of things. I can drive faster. Yeah. I can drive for longer. I charge less. I'm using less energy. It's more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I can carry everything I need. So the knock-on effect of that is I'm less tired. I'm not stretching myself as much. And the customer gets a better service. And that's the crux of it. And if you if you can provide your customer with a better service, a quicker service, everybody's happy. So, and of course, it's it's more cost effective for us. Don't get me wrong; we've had to we've had to fork out for the MG. What this identified is a reasonably cheap, large volume, high mileage electric vehicle that he uses to basically run the mobile servicing business. It fits all the tools, parts, and bits and bobs that he needs, including his wet weather gear. High vis jackets, hydraulic jacks, etc. And it looks just like a normal estate car. The EV database quoted range for this car is 210 miles and the cost is 27,495. It charges at 80 kilowatts. And that's a sweet spot for many families. And this is an ideal car for those who need a little more range and some space for things like dogs, wheelchairs, and the like. Of course, there are EVs that are more expensive than that. The top of the range Porsche Taycan Turbo S Cross Turismo starts at £140,000. I bought my current house for less than that. So I'm not saying that all EVs are cheap, but looking at the new EVs, the cries of, the cries of they're too expensive, it's not always founded on rational thinking. There are literally hundreds of internal combustion engine vehicles that are more expensive than a large proportion of electric vehicles. Let's take some typical examples. All prices are UK sterling at January 2022. I-Pace 65,000 to 76,000. The Jaguar F-Pace 40 to 78,000. Tesla Model 3 42,500 to 55,000. BMW i3 38,700 to 41,000. BMW 3 Series 29,000 to 85,500 for the top spec. Think about that. The top of the range BMW 3 Series costs over twice the cost of the top of the range Nissan Leaf. The base model of any ICE car will probably cost less than the base model of the equivalent EV, but you're not comparing like for like. But what about those that can't afford a new car, which, let's face it, is basically most people? And that's where we go to the second-hand market. And that's where the problems start. The issue is that many, many people look at the car they've already got and try to match that against a similar second-hand EV. If the car they've already got is a £200 Fiat Panda, they're not going to get a £200 second-hand Leaf or a Zoe or an Imea. They, they just don't exist at this time. And one reason for that is that the batteries themselves have more value than that alone, as they can be used for second-life applications such as home storage. But as Ewan McTurk proved in a video he posted last year on his Plug Life TV channel, It can be cheaper to buy and run a second-hand EV with a loan than to run an old Ford Fiesta that was given away. In fact, looking back at the example I gave earlier uh, regarding my nephew, he could move from a 16-year-old Honda to a brand new E-Up 
and spend roughly the same amount of money per month. And that's the issue. People look at the purchase price of EVs and compare it to the purchase price of ICE vehicles. And what they should do is look at the monthly cost of EVs and compare that with the monthly running cost of internal combustion engine cars. As I tweeted recently, an electric vehicle that costs £300 a month and £50 in, in electricity is cheaper than an ICE car that costs £150 a month and £300 in fuel vehicle excise duty and repairs. My firm opinion is that if you have off-street parking and run more than one car, there's absolutely no reason why one of them couldn't be an EV. I was chatting recently with someone in that exact situation, despite the fact that his two cars were a Mercedes and a Range Rover, and his house was a lovely detached house in its own grounds in the country, he was adamant that EVs were too expensive. When I pointed out the fallacy of his argument, he transitioned across to the old, uh, well, there's no charging where I want to go. So I showed him ZapMap and proved that to be wrong. So he pivoted to, well, I like to travel the 400 miles to my twice yearly holiday cottage visit without stopping at all. And I asked him which EV he had driven that meant he thought they weren't suitable for him. And he admitted that he'd never driven one. All these comments were coming from other people, things he'd heard, and newspaper articles. At that point, I came to the conclusion that he's not ready for an EV just yet, but government legislation will force him down that road eventually. And that's fine. What it does show is the other important factor when it comes to a lack of uptake by certain people. Prejudice. They're, they are against EVs for some unknown reason, reason, usually attributed to something they read in a newspaper or a comment someone made on Facebook or some sort of misinformation that's never been corrected. And again, that's fine. I don't think it's anybody's mission, least of all mine, to convert every ICE driver to an electric vehicle. What I do think it's incumbent on, on us to do is to identify anyone who's seriously thinking of making the change but has concerns or reservations and help them move forward with this transfer. The people who are afraid of change, or the Luddites as they might have been called in the past, will soon come to their senses and be forced to transfer across when petrol becomes prohibitively expensive and new fossil fuel sales abound in 2030 in the UK and other countries. There are many, many reasons that people might be hesitant to move across to an electric vehicle at the moment. Infrastructure, lack of education, charger anxiety to name but three. But saying that they're too expensive is not a legitimate reason at all. So where can people get more information about this? Well, obviously, you can check the back episodes of the podcast for information on buying an EV, charging, etc. But if you want more information about electric vehicles themselves, such as buying them, running them and getting charges installed, the best place to look is EVA England if you're in England or Wales, EVA Scotland if you're in Scotland, or EVA Northern Ireland if you're in the north of the Irish if you're north of the Irish border. Their websites are linked in the show notes. On there you'll find all sorts of useful information about electric vehicles and buying them. As I've said many, many times on this program, one of the best things to do, if possible, is to get out and drive an EV. There are many ways you can do this. If you're within driving distance of Milton Keynes, get out to the EV Experience Centre and borrow one of their EVs for a day or two. It'll help you see what the charging experience is like, what the driving experience is like, and they'll answer any questions you may have. And that's what I did prior to getting my Kia Soul EV. If you're not near Milton Keynes, the best thing would be to try your local car dealership and tell them you want to test drive. Many dealers are now lending new EVs for a couple of days or a weekend, although ironically increasing demand for EVs is restricting the number of cars available to actually test drive. As soon as they come into the dealership, they're out the door. A word of caution though. When dealing with mainstream dealers, do your research in advance. Many of them are not well informed and are often incentivized to try and sell petrol or diesel cars, or at least a hybrid, 
as that suits their profit figures and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and allows long-term income from servicing and repairs, etc. Don't fall for that trap. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. Wave power could be a significant source of renewable energy, but harvesting that energy has been tricky. Wave turbines are often big, expensive, and float at the surface of the ocean. Seawater can also be corrosive, and the rigid form of these devices means that they aren't all that efficient at capturing energy from smaller, less frequent underwater waves that don't roil the ocean surface. But these gentle motions can be an important source of energy, and researchers in China have created a generator to mimic seaweed which sways or even moves in small waves and currents. But how can the electricity be harnessed? Well, using triboelectric nanogenerators, or TENGs, devices that generate electricity from the transfer of electrons between two surfaces, usually in how they're rubbed together to produce static electricity, could address this need, since they can be made of flexible materials. Eventually, these generators could replace batteries for all the electrics in the coastal zones, like sensors that monitor water quality or help ships navigate. The researchers are planning to develop a small-scale underwater power station made of these seaweed TENGs, to test their performance in a real ocean. Millions of seaweed-like tanks could harvest ocean energy on a larger scale. Researchers estimate that if agitated two or three times per second, a network of these devices over an area equal to the size of the state of Georgia could meet the entire world's energy needs. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. ZapMap is the go-to app for EV drivers in the UK. Use it to search for available chargers, plan electric journeys, pay for charging on participating networks, and share updates with other EV drivers. ZapMap is free to download and use with subscription plans for enhanced features such as using ZapMap in-car on CarPlay or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at MusingsEV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to become an EV Musings patron. The link is in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? Well, if you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to ko-fi.com slash evmusings and you can do just that. It takes happen pay too. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Please check it out. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description in the show notes below. And if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you so much. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingsEV with the words 500 miles with a great day, hashtag if you know you know, nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know he's got a new passion now, electric tuk-tuks. It's my fault really, I was out with a group of friends trying to press my case for him to buy a new EV and I accidentally showed a picture of a tuk-tuk at a charge point. Um, and everybody went, okay, yeah, get one of those. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.